Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Thirty-five, bro. The cabin fever is reaching uh, serious levels of feverishness. We got to get out sometime. It's tough on little kids. Well, high school. See, my theory of little kids—I mean, you know, birth to, to six. Yeah, toddlers, so young. Is old. that they need to be exhausted naturally? They need to go outside and fall down and run mm-hmm. around and climb on a rock and lay in the grass and, yeah. you know, pretend they're mountain climbers. A, a fort, spilled forts. You that can't kind of stuff. exhaust yourself watching Pepper Pig. That's true. You, uh, you got you to gotta get out. And I think it's taking its toll on little kids. You got to get outside and get exhausted naturally. You have some uh, maybe limited experience with uh, this taking place or this type of uh, behavior. Somewhat. Maybe more than limited? Somewhat. <laughs> hey, what do we got? A blackout in Puerto Rico? Yeah. They're, are we going to uh, play? Uh, we just spoke with uh, Mr. Tim Kirkshin, Patrick did, for a, a, a interview that will air later Yeah, some funny questions like... Uh, no, we, oh, okay. uh, we didn't go there. Uh, okay. They should be able to play tonight. They should have power restored to the ballpark. The problem's going to be everybody getting out of there because the airport's closed. <laughs> This is the strangest beginning of a baseball year I can remember. Yeah. And it's too bad because this was really going to be a showcase event for the island. And you, you feel bad because so many people have put in so much work to make this happen. Okay, but to their, not to their credit, uh, to their benefit, uh, this is going to get international uh, exposure. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little more uh, funding, uh, uh, manpower. Well, how about this? A uh, human power, excuse me. An anecdote we heard was... The, the guy that was basically in charge of getting the, after the hurricanes went through there in, was it September, um, the guy that was in charge of basically getting the ballpark up to code and up, he needed help from everybody, all these research. People were coming to help the ballpark that were going home to homes without power. Mm-hmm. Because this was such an attraction. Because that's so. how important that this was to the to the people that lived there. <sighs> wow. Well, San Juan's the capital, correct? Mm-hmm. And they're 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 as struggling for intermittent power as anywhere else on the island. Correct. Isn't that something? It is. It's a U.S. territory. Let's get this bleep done. Let's go. This is hey. This is what we do. And you know, to other countries, how we help. Here he goes, folks. We should be able to just. This is what we do. Yeah, this is how we do in this country. What we used to do. We need to. We need to fix. This is where we shine. Hey, put the wild out of their misery Friday night, okay? You know, I uh, I jinxed myself. Yeah. I committed to making the trip to Winnipeg yesterday. Oh, my God, oh, that's you right. dummy. I'm still going. I don't care. I, You know what? I think it would, they're going to lose, right? We're no, all... No, no. Yes, they are. They're not coming back. Rook, sorry. Not without their best two players. 
How neat would it be, though, to go in an imposing rink and watch the team clinch? Well, that might be fun. Yeah. Uh, now, how do you, do you have a ticket? Uh, press, press pass. You do? Yeah. When are you leaving? Uh, Friday morning. What time? Mm, I'm dropping the boy off at school at around 7.45-ish. Driving up the coast? And then I'll, uh, and then I'll make the trip what after that. What is it, six hours? It's just under seven, according, from, from my residence in Carver County to the hotel that I booked that's wait, wait. right next to the arena. Wait. Here we go. You're driving? I was joking. It's only seven hours, Rook. Are you nuts? It's like going to Chicago. No. I can do Chicago in less than seven hours. I would not. Yeah, I can too. I would not drive to Winnipeg. I would think about going to the airport, dealing with that nightmare. It's Winnipeg. Boom. Let's go. No. Hey, where do we uh, show me the plane to Winnipeg and let's get out of here in (laughs) 10 minutes? Let's go. That's what Winnipeg is. Winnipeg is here we are. It's not Chicago. This is. We get her done. I, I'm I'm with Reavers. What the hell? I mean, if you're going to take the day off, drive. Right. And then I got my own car. Maybe in the middle of summer when it's... Are you going to be able to pass this off as work? Of course. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I'm think no it's dummy. vacation day. Huh? I'm, no dummy. I'm covering for the station. Yeah. yeah. What's going on? Chronicling the, the, the game. Well, you could call in <clears throat> with live results. Yes. Oh, yeah. I sure hope you don't have to do any... Uh... And the Timberwolves play tonight. I sure hope you don't have to do any recordings on... Friday afternoon. No, when me. could Minnesota's playoff run runs be done? Well, the Wolves have only played one game. Uh, you'd have to wait till Monday if Houston's going to sweep it. Yeah, I was going to say, plus in the NBA, they take three days off between games, regardless if it's a travel period. You're at Winnipeg Friday, and in the <laughs> un- un- unlikely event of a victory, you're back here Sunday. Yeah, she's over Friday. <laughs> Gosh, it's, it's you, too what bad. Am I, who am I working with? Well, these people. It's too bad because they you know played pretty well hockey, last Rook? night. Yeah, you, you score. You got an hour to score. Give me a goal in one hour. Yep. I got. Yeah. You got an hour. Yeah, uh, Give me one. Okay, I will agree. Give but me then one. It's going to be another. You know, a blowout. They had a or blowout. Or how about give me a quality shot? Not this stuff from twelve feet off to the side. How about Crash the, the bleeping net. How about the fact that when they were six on five, they didn't. They had one shot on I know. goal. What are you doing? I didn't like. Uh, I'm the sure head- Judd has had his tirades. We don't need to repeat that yeah. for our beleaguered listeners. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the head coach's comments, though. Blaming it on the uh, non-call. On the non-call. On, uh, That's they didn't lose because of that. Exactly. No, that takes a lot out of you in hockey. He had forty some minutes after that to make a play, and he didn't. One True. goal I want True. in an hour. But uh, how? First of all, you missed that call. It's a it's a stick to the throat. Oh, it was a bad non-call. They didn't miss the call. They saw it. They're just terribly incompetent. They figured, well, they're already on a power play. Uh, no, on so that you get one, away you with cross-check murder? somebody in the head, you're getting a penalty. Right. He should be suspended today. Well, he has his appeal at some point today. I don't, I don't, a bunch of bees. That was, that was pretty bad. Bush League play. Not what was his that. name, Morrissey? Yeah. yeah. Bush League or Morrissey. And then he looked up like, oh, what? Bush what League. did I do? Well, the coach said that. I'm he, surprised he didn't get attacked the rest of the night. I was too, but I think it was because it, you know they, they needed that game so bad that the Wild couldn't afford to go on. Yeah, that's true. You know. Wow. You like the Timberwolves' chances tonight? No. I still think what? though. I still think though that uh, attitudinally, they're just in a loosey goosey place. Yeah, I mean the Rockets were highly expected to advance in this series, mm-hmm. if not sweep altogether. Well, you're barely, talking a one seed and an eight seed, right? It rarely and they barely happens. won. Barely. What are you won. talking about in hockey? A three seed and a four seed between the Wild and the Winnipeg's? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
in theory, you're talking uh, even even match. Even. That's nothing. You could tell, though, that the Parise injury took a lot of the air out of the out of the building last night. The crowd really didn't seem to be into it. They were willing to be. Give them a goal in one hour. Give them something. Give them something to work with. I will with. give you that. But then how about a breakout uh, next game when it's boom, you know, four goals. Let's hey, listen, go. um, <laughs> skull. Uh, that ain't the way it works. Let's go here. It's too bad, too, because Doobie's been pretty good this series. Oh, he's standing on his head. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, what's the deal? Are we to miss whatever snow is falling in the state? Are we going to luck out? I think we are going are to luck out. Maybe wait for David Wallace Dahl to learn that officially. I I, I learned that we were going to get a light dusting. All right, uh, I, we'll find out if that changes when he comes in. Women in the news today, and one particularly bad one. Do you have the audio of the Southwest? Pardon? I think I know what you're going to say. Do you have the audio of the Southwest Airlines pilot, Tammy Joe Schultz? I certainly Schultz, do. Schultz, S H U L T S. I'm going to get rid of this bumper. This is music. the woman uh, piloting uh, Southwest Airlines flight yesterday that left LaGuardia and had the engine explosion. Lost one passenger, but uh, by safely con- uh, completing an emergency landing, a complete tragedy was averted. Uh, this is Tammy Joe's, what would you call her? Is she a captain when you're flying the plane? Uh, uh, yes. This is the- uh, First officer, captain. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure specifically. Um, she, this is her call to the tower, apparently, in Philly, saying, uh, we're coming in. Now, there's some other, I took this and I edited out some of the other airlines that were chiming in as well, just so we would almost exclusively mm-hmm. uh, get her. Plus 1380, you're on approach frequency 128.4. You're where you should be. Maintain 4,000. And uh, do you need any further assistance from me? What type of final do you want? I heard short or long. Yeah, we're going to need a long final. Okay. I'm going to let you drive until you tell me you want to turn base, okay? So uh, that'll be at least a 25-mile final. Longer than that, I'll have to do some coordination, but that'll be fine. We'll get that done for you. You let me know when you want to come in. Okay, 20 is good, and uh, we may need shorter here in a moment. Tell me the runway we're setting up for. We're going to set up for two. Say again. Southwest 1380, you'll be landing 27 left, 27 left today. And uh, you just let me know when you need to turn base. Uh, I, right now, I only have one person in front of you, which is a Southwest, but I'm sure he'll pull off if you need to go right in. Southwest 1458, clear visual approach, 27 right. Keep your speed up. I'd like to get you on the ground before I have to turn her base. After that, uh, speed up, clear visual, 27 right. Okay, center. Southwest 1380. 1380, got a 1458 on frequency. I just cleared him for the approach. Southwest 1380. I understand your emergency. Let me know when you want to go in. Yeah, we have a part of the aircraft missing, so we're going to need to slow down a bit. Southwest 1380, speed is your discretion. Maintain uh, any any altitude above 3,000 feet, and you let me know when you want to turn base. All right. Down to 3,000, 210 on the speed. Absolutely. You just let me know anything. American 1894 to center, maintain 6,000, never do speed of 170. 
A lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Meantime, she's flying along on one engine. Right. Frontier 1052, Philly approach, altimeter is 297, flight is 279. Southwest 1458, uh, give me the best forward speed, please, and tower is 18.5. He's the guy in front of me. Fairwing 714, direct peace out. Direct peace out, Fairwing 714. Southwest 13, you'd like to turn, start turning inbound. Southwest 1380, turn, uh, just start turning southbound there. There's a Southwest 737 on a four-mile final. We'll be turning southbound. Start looking for the airport. It's off to your right and slightly behind you there. And uh, altitude is your discretion. Use caution for the uh, downtown area. Maintain, uh, advise you to maintain at about 2,200 per uh, He's more flustered than she is. Okay, could you have the uh, medical meet us there on the runway as well? We've got uh, injured passengers. Injured passengers, okay. And are you, is your airplane physically on fire? No, it's not on fire, but part of it's missing. They said there was a hole and, and uh, someone went out. Um, I'm sorry, you said there was a hole and somebody went out? Mm-hmm. South of 1380, it doesn't matter. We'll work it out there. Uh, so the airport's just off to your right. Report it in sight, please. In sight. Southwest Uh, He's down, right? Uh, yes, so they had landed, and so then they were right, taxiing. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I believe Captain side is where we had the damage, and that's the engine that went out. Okay, Captain Side is where we had the Okay, that's good. You know what she is? Well, you can leave that running, baby. What? <laughs> now, if it's a guy, we say, what big ones? A, a, a brass pair. What of... do we come up with for a gal? What do they want to have? 
What do we just? Well, have I to mean, go? you know, guys, hey, I got big ones. What's going on here? Let's go kick some ass. Southwest declined to name the pilot, though passengers confirmed Schultz's name on social media. And Schultz's mother-in-law told the Washington Post she was the pilot. Schultz's husband also confirmed her name to the AP. Schultz declined to comment when reached by the Post, which makes her more of a hero, huh. in my mind. Her mother-in-law, Virginia Schultz, told the Washington Post that as soon as she heard the pilot's voice on the radio transmission online, she said, that's Tammy Joe." It was just as if she and I were sitting here talking, Virginia Schultz said. She's a very calming person. It was also no surprise to her that Schultz was the pilot credited with the skillful landing. Schultz's mother-in-law and friends describe her as a pioneer in the aviation field. She was among the first female fighter pilots for the U.S. Navy, according to her alma mater, Mid-America Nazarene University, from which she graduated in 1983. Here, here. Cindy Foster, who went to college with her, told the Kansas City Star that Schultz was also among the first women to fly an F.A. 18 Hornet for the Navy. She said she wasn't going to let anyone tell her she couldn't, Foster said. Schultz's persistence in becoming a pilot goes back to her upbringing on a New Mexico ranch near Holloman Air Force Base, Schultz wrote in the book Military Fly Moms. Some people grow up around aviation. I grew up under it, she wrote, watching the Daily Air show. She just knew she had to fly. She recalled attending a lecture on aviation during her senior year in high school in 1979. A retired colonel started the class by asking Schultz, the only girl in attendance, are you lost? (laughs) I mustered up the courage to assure him I was not lost and that I was interested in flying. He allowed me to stay, but assured me there was no professional women pilots. When she met a woman in college... I hope hope that guy's still alive today to see this. When she met a woman in college who had received her Air Force wing, she wrote, I set to work trying to break into the club. But Schultz, whose maiden name is Bunnell, wrote that the Air Force wasn't interested in talking to her. The Navy let her apply for Aviation Officer Candidate School. Finally, she wrote a year after taking the aviation exam, she found a recruiter who would process her application. After Aviation Officer Candidate School in Pensacola, Pensacola, Florida, she was assigned to a training squadron at Naval Air Station Chase Field in Beeville, Texas, as an instructor pilot teaching student aviators how to fly the Navy wow. T-2 trainer. She later left to fly the A-7 Corsair. Uh, Corsair. Uh, by then, she met her knight in shining airplane, a, fi- a fellow pilot who would become her husband, Dean Schultz, who now also flies for Southwest Airlines. Because of the combat exclusion law, Tammy Jo Schultz was prohibited from flying in a combat squadron. While her husband was able to join a squadron, her choices were limited, uh, involving providing electronic warfare training to Navy ships and aircraft. She later became one of the first women to fly what was then the Navy's newest fighter, the F.A. 18 Hornet, but again in a support role. Women were new to the Hornet community, and already there were signs of growing pain. She served in the Navy for 10 years, reaching the rank of lieutenant commander. She left the Navy in 1993, now lives in San Antonio area with her husband. They have two kids, a teenage son and a daughter in their early 20s. Wow. Oh. Uh, what, what is the well, lady? If you don't have big ones on you, what do you got? Right. Well, what, what do we say? GL? What, what do the, you say? What do gals want? What do you? What can we give her? That, what's the compliment? Or like, maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe that's insulting. Got? Maybe that's insulting. What's the you got? Yeah. What's the man? You got? You know, you you got it. That's Sully Sullenberg level there. She brings that sucker down with one engine. 
And she was so calm. Amidst, you know, I know the cockpit door was closed. Well, now I'm getting the- smart ass texts from the chief offsite correspondent what we got? who's telling me this should teach you once and for all testicles have nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with what? It? No, a I know got, it doesn't, a, a Chief Offsite Correspondent. No, no, he is, he's misunderstanding what we're saying. We're trying to come up with something. Pra- uh, he, I guess he suggested we don't need to praise her by trying to make her analogous to a male. And, and he's right. We don't uh, need to do that. No, but but it, she is so praiseworthy. We're looking for a, a, a friendly way to say what A tip was. of the cap. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I guess we don't have to, is the, is the point. Well, I, I think we still should. Well, it's... you know, what are you going to do? You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujure. Maybe it's a... Uh... I'm hearkening back to what Lou Grant told Mary Tyler Moore. In the newsroom one time. Do you have that clip? You know what? You got spunk. Well, yes. I hate spunk. <laughs> <laughs> Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy. 35 degrees. This update brought to you by MetaFast. Wild lose 2 to nothing to Winnipeg last night. That puts the Jets up three games to one in the best of seven series. Series now heads back to Winnipeg for game five. They'll play a Friday night. A 6.30 start. Uh, Timberwolves with Game 2 in their playoff series tonight down in Houston. The Rockets lead that series one game to none. Uh, the Twins last night, uh, they were defeated in Puerto Rico by Cleveland 6-1. Now, they're supposed to play another game tonight. Uh, as of now, there's an island-wide blackout in Puerto Rico. San Juan Mayor tweeted the game will go on as scheduled, but the Twins haven't officially confirmed that. They plan to use generators to power the ballpark. I was going to ask if they're going to bring in generators. Now, apparently, some of the bigger businesses and the ballpark have generators. Uh, part of the problem, though, would be getting people to and from the game. Uh, stop lights are out. Street lights are out. Uh, could be a bit of chaos as they say in the streets electric power authority spokesperson okay. I, I i'm not trying to make light of their situation but okay if the power is out what else are you gonna, I'm gonna do i don't mean that funny wise but i mean that might be a reason to to go go someplace where there is power right. the ballpark and just maybe forget about how miserable it is without power what, for are you a couple walk there 40 miles well i don't know I, mean, I don't know where the uh but if the you know if you don't have anything better to do go to ball game <laughs> Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Appreciate you, Puerto Rico. That's uh, me gusta. Rule to live life by right there. there you got go. anything to do? Go to the ball. Go to the yeah, ball. You got her. Electric Power Authority <laughs> spokeswoman Yohari Molina told the Associated Press crews are investigating the cause. Uh, officials are saying, though, it could take 24 to 36 hours to fully restore power. About 40,000 power customers were still without normal electricity service before this as a result of last year's hurricane. News notes from today, a 19-year-old man and his 34-year-old uncle are facing drug charges after what authorities say were large seizures of methamphetamine in Anoka County. A family business, huh? Yeah. 19-year-old Eric Eduardo Gonzalez of Fridley facing three counts of first-degree aggravated controlled substance crime and two counts of first-degree conspiracy to commit aggravated controlled substance crime. Jorge Ernesto Gonzalez-Diaz, he's 34, of Columbia Heights, charged with one count of first-degree controlled substance crime. According to the complaint filed against Gonzalez, authorities claim to have seized a total of 19 baggies 
from the, his Fridley residence that field tested positive for a total of over 3,800 grams of methamphetamine. You recall the dreadful story you had yesterday of the fellow who allegedly shot his son? Yes. Did you read the account of that in the Pioneer Press today? I didn't see the Pioneer Press. I saw a different account. Well, I think you should read it in the Pioneer Press. Okay. That might be one of the strangest stories I've ever read. Very strange story. Was there drugs involved? Is that what you mentioned? No, the behavior of the father uh, defies uh, imagination. Oh, my God. The Carver County Attorney's Office will announce tomorrow whether it'll file charges against anyone in the death of Prince. The announcement scheduled for 1130 in the morning at a press conference. That news comes just days before the two-year anniversary of Prince's death from an accidental opioid overdose. When, when is this date? Tomorrow, 1130. I see. They'll hold a press So they're conference. deciding whether or not they're going to charge the doctor that gave him the prescription? Is that what you're saying, Johnny? I don't think so. I think probably because he had all kinds of illegal fentanyl in his system. So my guess is he may have gotten some illegal goods, shall we say. Uh, more tweets from President Trump today, uh, one of them contradicting himself in the firing of James Comey. The president today claiming he didn't fire James Comey due to the Russia investigation, even though he had previously cited the probe when discussing his decision to fire Comey. Huh. He tweeted today, Slippery James Comey, the worst FBI director in history, was not fired because of the phony Russia investigation, where, by the way, there was no collusion. The claim comes after Trump last year specifically cited the investigation into Russian election interference while explaining his decision to get rid of Comey. He said on NBC last year, regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. And in fact, when I decided to just do that, I said to myself, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made up story. Former First Lady Barbara Bush's funeral will be held on Saturday. Bush, who was also mother, of course, of President George W. Bush, died yesterday at the age of 92. First Lady Melania Trump will attend the funeral. The White House has not said whether President Trump will attend, but the flags at Mar-a-Lago and Trump International have been lowered to half-mast in her honor. Saturday's funeral is by invitation only. The public invited to pay their respects as Bush lays in repose at St. Martin's Church in Houston on Friday, according to the Bush family's official funeral announcement. Tell me you're going to dedicate some uh, of Garage Logic to uh, tipping our captive. Yes, I have, uh, I have some things I want to say about her. Good. Well, most of us are accustomed to throwing uh, oh, a 15 to 20% tip down for good food and service. A Seattle man tipped 260% Sunday night at Boca. Mike from Seattle tipped 300 bucks on his $769 meal, or 39%. And then after that, he went into the kitchen. He gave all 17 kitchen staff members a $100 bill, praising them for the drug service. Drug money, John? Was it drug right. money? Yeah. Why do you got to be so cynical? <laughs> Can't a fellow do a nice gesture? No kidding. No, I'm skeptical. It doesn't happen. Man. The Boca general manager, John Leopold, said it was amazing to have that happen unexpectedly and randomly and for someone to show that amount of appreciation. Boca? What do you eat? I mean, I can see it was a good restaurant. <laughs> a spokeswoman for the restaurant said Mike and his five dinner companions were having dinner before attending a show. Lee Wolin, the executive chef, said many people don't realize that staff members come in at 10 in the morning to finish up less glamorous duties. Oh, I see. He's trying to show off for the uh, for the gal he took out. Uh, That's what yeah, we're going to see cats, about. but watch what I do here. Yeah. Remember, remember the great Rickles story? Yes. Yeah. Sinatra. <laughs> the best one on... I should, I should see if I can find that. Let me find that. <laughs> Frank, can't you see him eating here? <laughs> 
all the restaurants. It was the first date, right? Wasn't oh, yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to impress the, the broad, and he goes to Frank and says, Frank, hey, really trying to get somewhere with this chick. Could you come over to the table? <laughs> Just say hi. See if know? Rook can find it. It's pretty good. <laughs> He's got it, I think. It was better than any tip, let's put it that way. Yeah. The rest, restaurant staff has had people tip more than the traditional 20% before, but according to the chef, nowhere around uh, this amount ever in that restaurant. I do have it here. Okay. All right. There he is. Marco Mangalanzo. Fambino Bombazzo. <laughs> Two bullets in the head Thursday. I think he gets right in it with the story here. <laughs> now this, this you don't believe. Excuse us, Johnny, you're, you're from the Midwest. You're busy going, is the truck loaded? <laughs> Guido says hi. He hasn't had a chance to talk to you. Come on, and from Jersey City, your good friend. <laughs> in his car. Uh, it's too good of a story. This is a great Irishman. This, for 14 years, Johnny Carson kept saying, do you really know Frank? And I want you to know, Frank, I worship you and I love you. I really mean this, because since I'm a kid, I used to blow in girls' ears and hear you go, do it my way. I need a girl so bad. I love my wife, but she's ill. But you just got married, Frank. I just can't picture him on the wedding night standing in the room going, and did it all, and I suppose it's my way. And Barbara, Barbara, his wife is going, Frank, when you get a minute. God bless you. He just got married. Hey, all the good things. This is the most exciting night in the years that I've known Johnny Carson. This is very well edited, is it? This is the most exciting <laughs> night, and I, 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 so help me. It's a great night. He was even nervous because he came to me and said, and I said, you are a powerhouse, and Frank, I love you. I'm skipping ahead, and just kiss Frank Sinatra. No, no, heard about this. It was a true story. This was a long time ago. Long before Don got married, I was eating dinner in a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was sitting with, with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and uh, I'm trying to make out, you know, and he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso, and I wa- finally he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> They don't make them like that anymore. It's very difficult to keep the line. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Dave Dahl's extremely important forecast here in Garage Logic is brought to you by Duluth Trading Company with locations in Bloomington, Fridley, Woodbury, and of course, Duluth. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 35 degrees, heading for a high today of about 38. We have uh, clouds that are going to clear out later on tonight. 
Uh, it's mostly cloudy skies here. We have some light snow going on south of the metro and some slightly heavier snow down around the Iowa border. Albert Lee has come in with the most so far. They're at six. We're not going to see anything here in the Twin Cities, any accumulations. Uh, maybe a flurry or two still this afternoon, but then that clears out. And as the skies clear, we're going to cool down tonight. Our overnight low temperature dropping down to around 28. And then for tomorrow, back up to 46, 48 on Friday, 52 Saturday, 56 on Sunday, and then lower 60s for Monday for First time this year getting into the lower 60s, and it should be dry Thursday all the way through Monday of next week. Some showers uh, do become possible by the time we get to Tuesday, but Tuesday's high still in the mid to upper 50s. So I think we're turning the corner finally, getting into something that's resembling more spring-like temps for us. Right now, Joe, heading for a high of 38. We're at 35. All right. Another good another good woman in the news was a, a woman aboard the, the uh, flight that Tammy Joe Schultz was piloting. A retired nurse pulled off her oxygen mask and leaped into action uh, when the uh, fellow passenger was halfway out the plane. Oh, wow. Uh, If you can possibly imagine going through the window of an airplane at 600 miles an hour and hitting either the fuselage or the wing with your body and with your face, Dallas resident Peggy Phillips said, then I think I can probably tell you there was significant trauma. She's a former registered school nurse. She was headed home from New York City. Uh, when her plane's engine blew up, sending shrapnel into the cabin 30,000 feet above the ground. She and a fellow passenger identified in news reports as Texas firefighter Andrew Needham spent 20 minutes trying in vain to save Jennifer Rorden, whose upper body was pulled out of the plane. Uh, Rorden, a Wells Fargo executive who lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, died from her injuries despite life-saving efforts. Well, that's the, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt while you're reading that, but when you think of you know you, you, the, your even your head getting outside of that aircraft, you think it's just sticking outside. But at that, you would be yeah, you're cooked. You would be just banging so hard against that. What a way! The whole thing was surreal. Phillips, who decided to get back on a plane to for Dallas that night, told ABC News, wow. "I can't say that I slept very well last night. I'm sure most passengers did not sleep well last night." Officials said the left engine blew on flight 1380 roughly 20 minutes after it left LaGuardia. Could it have achieved 30,000 feet in 20 minutes, I guess? I don't know. She and other passengers described a loud noise, and she heard a commotion near the back of the plane after the oxygen mask dropped. Phillips recalled seeing a young man walking around without a mask trying to help. I did not uh, know the situation at that time, Phillips said. Tim McGinty was across the aisle from Rorden and tried to pull her back in, but didn't have the strength to do it. A guy helped, and we got her pulled in, and they tried to resuscitate her. A cowboy hat-sporting McGinty told USA Today, referring to Needham. Once they were able to get her back inside, someone called for any passengers who knew how to perform CPR. I got up and went back, took off my oxygen mask, and began CPR immediately, she recalled, trying to save Rorden even after the plane landed. I don't consider myself a hero by any stretch, but there were heroes on that plane, and I was just doing my job. Andrew was doing his job. Uh, of course you were. You have to react like that, huh? Oh, you go right on uh, just uh, automotive mode. I pray for Jennifer's family as they mourn their loss, and I thank God for his provisions and our safety. North Southwest CEO Gary Kelly on Tuesday sent his deepest sympathies to the family and the loved ones of our deceased customer. Uh, so you had the nurse spring into action. You had the firefighter spring into action. Uh, but I don't think we should be surprised at that. 
You uh, see somebody sticking out the window, your natural reaction is going to be to try to save them. Right. And they weren't thinking about heroics at the time. They were just, well, I- instinct, especially if you've been in that, you know, industry. Mm-hmm. What industry? Well, if you were, if you were a nurse or you yeah. were any type of uh, EMT or first responder, yeah. Yeah. you would immediately go, yep, let's go. So you had a hell of a pilot. And you had a hell of a group of passengers. And they did what they could, but this young woman, big shot apparently with Wells Fargo, lost her life. But that pilot saved 148 people. I mean, what a perfect storm because that, I'm sure engines have exploded before. They put they ride those babies hard and put them away wet. They're like rental cars. I mean, they're up and down all day long. But I suppose when that explodes like that, you know, it's got to go somewhere and it's spinning so fast. It's, you just you know, have no idea where it's going to go, but I've never heard anything going through a window before. Nope. Uh, and I, I love flying. so Flying well, doesn't bother me. I would continue. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but right now I, I might take a little break. Yeah, how about, uh, who you say, went right on that night down to... Uh, yeah, the nurse who had been traumatized, you would imagine, trying to help in this horrid situation. Yeah, she flew out that night and went home. What are you going to do? But. Again, right, sitting around the airport and, and waiting, uh, you'd have time to think. So you'd want to keep your day going. I want to move on to another great woman, Barbara Bush, who uh-huh. died at the age of 92. Mm-hmm. I never did, got to meet her. She didn't last long after she said, you know what, don't worry about me. Just give me some comfort uh, pillows here and give me a glass of whiskey and uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> right. see you later. That's my... Go Puerto Rico. Get some electricity. Uh, there's a generator that's being tweeted out outside the ballpark. Looks oh. like it's about the size of a large covered snowmobile trailer. Yeah. No, so I'm just saying that they're oh, we're, we're working on her. Yeah. Is it raining there? Uh, look, I can't tell. Who's from the this. Cleveland player that was the hero last night? Oh, Francisco Lindor. Boy, one is of he the a good Best player. young shortstops in baseball. And he's Puerto Rican. Yes. He's, and his mom was in the stands. That was pretty cool. That was yeah. a pretty cool moment last night. <clears throat> God, is he good? Yes, he, he is. He's really good. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Too bad we don't have power in like a huge jumbo generator. Just get a big fan and blow all the clouds away so it's sunny. 1500. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul.